Well, we're going to start a new, a new series. I want to talk to you about casting vision. I want to talk to you about each of us needing uh, vision. Each of us needing a vision. It starts in your home. It, it is to be a part of our church life. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 10 through 12, he says, and this, the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you for vision. It's my prayer today, Lord, that each of us would catch a glimpse of what you intend for us. Lord, I pray that we would be able to tune ourselves into your word today. Blessed Holy Spirit, teach us. Me out of the way that you might work me there be nothing that I say today that would bring an offense to you. I ask this in your son's precious name. Amen. What is it and how does it work? I want to talk to, uh, talk to you about this, this thing called vision casting and about goal setting and, and doing what each one of us is called to do. See, not everyone is called to be a pastor and that's a good thing. Without God's calling and God's blessing, I don't recommend that you try to become uh, something that you're not, because uh, it just it'll just get messy. You know, you see me once a week, sometimes more, and and so for an hour, for an hour, you see me as the pastor, and and my uh, my ex brother-in-law, uh, he's he's good guy, just kind of nutty, but he says, John, he says, you got a license to steal. He says, you only have to work one day a week, and that's only for an hour. Um, eh, nah, not, not necessarily. I, I got one of those 24-7 jobs, plus uh, I'm, I'm the resident fan installer, grandson shooter. I, well, shoot her with her. I don't shoot him. Uh, we, you know, you got all these other things, and I just, Friday, and this is an answer to prayer, I prayed for a, a part-time job, and he got it, gave it to me, and now I prayed, Lord, release me from that thing. And, and he did, so I'm no longer with interim, and, uh, and that is, that's, 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 a, that's a real good thing for for me and, and the way that I'm going to be able to serve the church. But without God's calling and God's blessing, doing something that we aren't called to do will be real problematic. I, I, I tell you that, you know, when I'm done here, when I'm finished, I, I'm never so tired as I am with, with this time of, of feeding you. 
And I say that to say this, that, that while you don't have to do this, there's a bunch of you that were here making all of this happen yesterday. And everything that went behind the scenes and hanging and, and all the work that got done, that was exhausting. This is equally exhausting. Uh, uh, there were times where, where uh, I, I, was, I was so hot and sweaty, my socks were wet. Um, God has, though, something for each of us to do. You, you know, you're not all called to do this. I can't play the keyboard. I can't play the bass guitar. I'm not musical. I get in the, in the, in the back, and, and they don't even want me to talk to them back there because I get things messed up. But you have a, a job, a responsibility that God wants you to do, and when you don't do that job, when you're not part of the vision of this church, things get left undone. And there's such a thing as being in God's perfect will and doing what God desires for our lives. And this takes seeking God's direction and it takes God's help in making it happen. So casting vision and goal setting are not new. In fact, not responding to vision and not responding to goal setting aren't new. People have been doing that for years. And there's a thread of, of vision casting that goes throughout Scripture as God leads His people to become the very best that He desires them to be. And the misconception occurs when we think that God only wants to direct the lives of people like Nehemiah and, and Joshua and Jeremiah and Moses and Abraham, and, and He's not worried about us, the you and me, because we aren't the super saints that, that are read about in the, in the pages of the New Testament, and I, I would beg to differ with you. We are the New Testament saints that are in the New Testament, are written in the pages. It just doesn't have our names written here, but it does have our names written in glory. Every single one of us. God desires to lead and guide each of us, especially those that have professed him as their savior and he wants to see his will done in our lives and and Jesus is talking here about having people grow and mature into faithful witnesses God wants that and he's talking about unity in the body of Christ and some people want to read this verse as, as God raising up leadership you know the apostles and the pastors and teachers and evangelists but really what this verse is talking about is raising up leadership within the church, you and me as leaders. Our young people, our potential leaders. Every, every week in Awana, we, we have some fun things that we do, but in the beginning of the session, I have a person I call the bucket girl. Now, you think that that just is cute. You come and you see, uh, you see my bucket girl up here, and she's cute, and she does neat things, and we have some interplay back and forth. That's not what my desire was. That's not what I was trying to teach you. Aiden, I was trying to teach you serving. Serving before your peers, which is really tough, because... Our peers can be the most critical of us. I was wanting to cast some vision in our young people that they don't have to be old to be able to serve. 
And those who have stepped up to serve have been very, very effective in their service. They respond to that vision casting. Lots of people have great vision, but, but usually it doesn't happen because they couldn't communicate to others what their dream was and their dream died. Or, or they weren't faithful to their vision when it got tough. Only one person showed up or nobody showed up and they quit. This has not been God's vision for me, so I'm going to look for something else. I don't know that that's fair to God. Or business as usual. This is the killer. You know, our vision is just to be on this corner and do things like we've always done them. Oh, we'll get somebody new in or somebody and somebody leaves, but we stay about the same and that's good enough. And God says... That's not good enough. Because there's only one way to cast vision, and that's God's way. And so if we are not in that, in that mindset, we're not stepping up to what God is wanting for us for this church. Me, and, and I'm, I'm the lead dog here. Some people today in, in Christianity have little commitment. They're quick to run when things get tough or they never recover from past hurts. You know, we do. We, we Christians, we Christians can be absolutely brutal when there's something that we see that we don't like and we don't come face to face, but we talk around it. Or maybe we do come face to face and, and we, we are so hypercritical that it destroys the passion that a person has. Well, I'm assuming that you have a dream. I'm assuming every one of you has a dream, and if you don't, that's, that's your first mistake. Regardless of your age, everybody has to have a dream. Everybody has to have vision. God says, my people perish because of a lack of vision. And there are five principles that make up the church today. I see five principles, and they are fellowship, discipleship, worship, ministry, and evangelism. Those five things make up our church. Those five things have to be included in vision, and to be functioning, a fully functioning church, all five have to be operating at the same time. You don't have one doing it this, this week, and the other four aren't doing it at all. We need fellowship. We need to worship God and, and, and be in His presence. We need, to, we, need to be, need, we need discipleship. We need to be accountable because we can't survive on our own. Young people, old people, in-between people, we cannot survive on our own. We need fellowship. You know, we, we aren't this island unto, them, unto ourselves. We have to be involved. And what happens when all the people are starting to die? Who are we replacing those people that we're to have fellowship with? Because we aren't raising up new believers to bring into the church, the church will die. Jeff and I were talking this morning, and, and uh, uh, he's from around the Cottonwood Falls area, and, and there, was a, there was a Southern Baptist church in Cottonwood Falls. It died. It died a long, slow painful, 
miserably gruesome death. And they sold it. That church sold for $30,000 with all the, and the church was in good shape, had good, the, the uh, mechanics were in good shape, they had land with it, and it died. They sold it for $30,000. There wasn't another church that was going to uh, pick up the, the, the mantle and, and serve. See, all the people were going to other churches, the big churches, the fancy churches, and the pastor had lost his vision. And the church died. The people lost their vision, and the church died. So we need discipleship. We, need to, we should be plugged into ministry. We need to be involved in something that is bigger than we are. Are you involved in a ministry that is bigger than you are? I'm talking a huge ministry. I'm talking about something that, that you cannot get your arms around because it's so big. You say, well, we don't have anything like that here. Well, shame on us because we need to. And I tell you, if you can't get your arms around something that's big, get involved with Foster the Cause. That's a huge ministry. And we need to evangelize. We need... We need for our benefit to express our faith to others what God has done for us. I look at you, you people out here, and I, I know your stories. I know what God has done for you. I know what God has done in your lives. Sometimes I know the good and the bad and a little bit of the ugly. I like ugly. I came from ugly. I can relate to ugly. And maybe your vision needs to include the ugly. Proverbs 25 says, though, through, though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. You got vision, it's going to come out. Society is sinking into quicksand because it doesn't understand that the plan of God has for each of us the same plan that it has for the church. See, we are the church. And if I could look into each one of you, if I could look each one of you in the eye one-to-one, -one, we were the only people in the room. I'd like to say without hesitation that whether you're 10 years old or 110, you need the church. Amen. And the church needs you. 10 or 110. It needs you. And that's where vision can start. We need each other and we need to live a life like God intended. And the problem today isn't the economy, it's that people, most people, a lot of the people have lost their vision. And they're living their life in survival mode instead of living the vision that God wants to give them. Do you have a vision? Is it bigger than you are? We're not accountable to allowing God to work it out in our, uh, in, our, in our lives. And vision casting is an important part of my role as your pastor, but, but I need some help. For the church, I need to communicate it so that we get behind the vision and see what God wants done to bring it to pass. I'm not always good at communication. I don't always let people know. So I'm going to let you know 
You say, what in the world is going on with this whole stage business? What's the purpose? Lights and, and, and wood and, and nails and stuff. What's the purpose of it? The purpose is that we want to begin to have a platform, an environment where the vision will be caught and shared. People come in here, new people come in here, and part of the problem, part of, see, part of the thing is you need to be bringing the people in. You, know, you, 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 you have a neighbor. Tell them. We'll make you feel good. We'll make you feel lousy. You don't have to dress up. Jeremy, stand up. Stand up. Step out here. Step out here. Oh, you got long pants on. Turn around. Okay. Evan, stand up. He's falling asleep. I got to get him awake. Come out here. Turn around. Model with uh, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good enough. That's good. See? See? What I'm trying to tell you is, you can sit down now. What I'm trying to tell you is, it ain't about dress. You can wear shorts. You can, I don't know, what is that shirt? You can wear that. You can, you, can, you can wear what you want to wear. It isn't a fashion show. Come as you are. Well, come as you are after you get out of bed and walk, brush your hair. But, but bring people and tell them it isn't about dressing up. I was, I was taken to task about, about real, real, uh, real godly people. Uh, they get up in the morning and they come to church on Sunday and they wear a tie and they wear a coat and they, wear, they get their suits on. And, and uh, that's, what, that's what makes church church. No! You make church church. If you want to wear a tie, wear a tie. You want to wear a dress, wear a dress. You want to wear slacks, wear slacks. You can even wear cowboy boots. You want your hair in a ponytail? You don't have enough hair for a ponytail. Come and bring the people. We'll start seeing some vision, and people will come in, and they'll say, hey, what's going on? This, all this construction. What, what, is, what is happening here? I say, stick around, and we'll show you. Stick around. Are we going to have lights and sound and, and smoke and, and uh, strobe lights. No, I asked them to do that, and they said no. But we aren't doing that. This is all part of making what we're going to do and what we're doing in the music part of our worship more appealing. It's all about helping to set the tone for worshiping when you listen to God's word. See, therein lies the rub. We need to get behind the vision and see what God wants done to bring it to pass. And you say, well, John, I don't share your vision. Okay. What's your vision? You don't share my vision. What is your vision? Tell me about it. I want to hear it. Because maybe you're right. Maybe I ought to hook on to your vision. Well, well, oh, doggone it, I'm late. I don't hear anybody's vision. 
And that's where the issue is. Things that are different, a little foreign to our thinking, maybe a little scary, maybe because we can't control it, it's trouble having buy-in. I'm the same way. And it all can, also can be a bit of a, of a trust issue. You know, preacher, that's so far out of what we're about that I'm not sure God is really in it. Okay. Well, then what do you think God is really in? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that that's not it. Well, let me help you think through something. And I'd like you to think through adopting a new vision statement. You see, we have a tagline. We don't have a vision statement. Our tagline is, is look, <coughs> pardon me, loving God, making disciples, and, and uh, uh, meeting needs. Okay? That's the tagline. And taglines change. But what is our vision statement? Can you tell me? Tell me what our vision statement is. And I don't think we can because I don't think that we have one. Or if we do, it hasn't been articulated. But let me, let, me, let me suggest this. To allow God's love in us to overflow into the lives of the next generation of lost people, believers, and leaders. Is that about loving God? To meet the needs of the underprivileged and, to re and rejected children and adults in our area of influence. Oh, man. Is that disciple-making? To see people saved, discipled, equipped, and share the gospel locally and globally. <laughs> That's huge. That is huge. What a wonderful vision statement that is. Thanks, Ben. You know, th these, these, are, these are things that we can all get behind. And this should drive our faith deeper than it's ever been driven before. We, for the first time, maybe, maybe for the first time in a long time, can say, you know, I can buy into that, and this is where my vision fits this vision. This is where Foster the Cause can fit this vision. This is where Awana, maybe, maybe a different kind of Awana, maybe Awana done in a way that we've never done Awana before can fit here. Ladies, you want more women in this church? Do stuff women like to do. Now, I, 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 uh, I don't get that at home. I get women would never like to do that, John. <laughs> yeah, I, granted, I have some pretty crazy ideas about what women should, not what women should do, what women would like to do. Is that better? Does that make you feel better? Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't dictate to you what women should do or, or, but you know, there's an opportunity coming up where ladies, you can be challenged like you've never been challenged in, I shouldn't say before, but maybe not in the recent past to go over to, uh, 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 Webster in, in, uh, Salina and the date is September 13th and 14th. You need to, and you say, John, I can't afford it. We got you covered. So, John, I don't have the time. You've got a month. Plan it. Make your schedule. You've you got, you got a month, 30 days, that you can put things into place. You ought to be able to do it. 
Guys do it all the time. I'm not saying you should be like guys. Men! You know what men do really, really well? Eat. We eat. We are professional eaters. We are professional Are you doing that? We are professional foodies. Breakfast foodies. We know how to do food. The other thing that we know how to do here is we know how to go out and make noise. We need to be, it's, it's awful hot, but we're going to have another bark until dark. And we're going to have another time where you ladies uh, can go out and, and moan at the moon. I don't know. What do we? Uh, guns, girls, and chocolate. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Hey, pray for Ernie Prosser. Uh, Ernie, was one of the, Ernie was the other guy that was with me, when, ladies, when you went to shoot. Ernie's been battling cancer, and he thought he had it licked. He's got cancer in his shoulder now. Pray for Ernie. Ernie is, Ernie is my buckaroo buddy. And uh, uh, he's, he tells me, he said, John, if I was going to church, I'd go to your church. Well, Ernie, if we had a gun giveaway, would you come? Yeah, <laughs> I would. So, Craig, if you give one and I give one, maybe we can get him to come twice. <laughs> you know, we need to be, I need to be able to communicate to, to you and to each other what the benefits are in fulfilling the vision that God has for each of us, the spiritual, emotional, and even financial benefits. I've talked to you about some of it. This thing can be, it can be, it can be fun. It's God-honoring. And we're going to see people, should be seeing people coming in. The new, kid, new kids that come into Awana, we ought to be on those parents like a duck on a June bug. Offering to bring them in. A duck on a June bug. Yes. Ducks like June bug. A June bug is, forget it. Once we understand that God has to be first in our lives, we're going to understand that he has our best interest in mind. Even if we don't understand it, God isn't going to let it fail if we are doing things according to the way God intended, building the kingdom. I, I don't understand it, and I don't know if I like it. Well, stick with me. You're going to understand it, and hopefully you're going to like it. We'll see that church is not only a place to go, but a place to belong. We're going to see that God's plan, God's plan unfold and come to pass in our lives, but the big question is, how do we implement this vision? Proverbs 29, 1-4 says, whoever stubbornly refuses to accept criticism will suddenly be destroyed beyond recovery. <laughs> when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. The man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but if he hangs around with the prostitutes, his wealth is wasted. A just king gives stability to his nation, but one who demands bribes destroys it. It's about being just. It's about being good. It's about leading the life that's pleasing to God. This was written in the Old Testament days where they had these sort of things. I'm not suggesting that any of you hang out with 
uh, women of ill repute. I, I don't believe that for a minute. But what it is saying is that if he hangs around with ungodly people, problems are going to happen. Okay, let's implement the vision plan. Let's spend a minute implementing it. Let me paint your vision here. Under to have a godly vision that God has to be the goal setter for each of us. And it begins with me. I need to, I need to be passing that off to the men who in turn need to be passing it off to you, the church. And, and we got off to a, I got us off to a rocky start. And for that, I ask you forgiveness. There's a risk factor following a vision of God. You know, think of Noah. Talk about a risk. Talk about a risk buying into a vision. He was the only one. I bet his family kind of scratched their heads too. He had to give up his day job and, and build an ark, and everybody was laughing at him saying, it can't be done. It, that, it's not going to rain. You're nuts. Moses had to go back to Egypt. David had to face the giant Goliath. And it's been said that stepping out in faith is like parachuting. Now, I've never parachuted. But I jumped out of a whole bunch of helicopters without a parachute. Real men can do that, by the way. It wasn't very high off the ground. But you know, that first step is a very, very long one. And especially at night, you don't know where bottom is. You don't have an altimeter. They say, well, it's only 10 feet. I don't believe you. It's only 10 feet because you're staying in the helicopter. You'll never know the thrill of walking on water until you get out of the boat. Nobody sort of parachutes. You either do it or you don't. If there's no risk, it probably is not a God thing. We need to have a prayer strategy. I said last week, it was the week before, that, that Kendra was going through all the classrooms downstairs, praying for each one of those kids, praying for each one of the teachers, praying God's hand on the lives of everyone that entered into this room. She told me, I prayed, I prayed for the sanctuary. I prayed where you stand. I prayed for that music stand that you use. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you. There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and give you a hope. That's vision, friends. Buy into it. God provides purpose that we become a part of something significant and there's exciting things that are going to happen here at Shawnee Heights, but it'll fall flat unless we all start praying. I don't know what to pray for. My prayers fall flat. Go talk to Peggy Howard. She'll teach you how to pray. And she'll show you that her prayers don't fall flat. And it's not bragging. It's being a willing vessel. And Jerry. And, and I know you ladies, I know some of you guys are praying all the time. I know you girls, you young ladies, are praying. You're praying. You're going to start school. Are you praying for those classmates? Are you praying for those kids that nobody gets along with? You can't stand this person last year. 
and you're stuck again with her this year. Pray for her. Let's review here. You, you know, the, the, before, the, the, the church is growing. It's bigger than one person. It's God's blessing falling on each one of us purposefully, purposefully finding where God wants us, and it's the safest place, most, most fulfilling place any one of us could be. So let's review. God has to be in it. Prayers uh, is, is seeking God. Avoid the way. Realize that distractions are going to keep you from fulfilling God's plan for you, even if, some good, if, if there's some good stuff. Criticism and resistance will come as you purpose God's plan for your life and for the church. It's going to come. If you've not gotten it yet, make sure that your vision and direction are from God and align everything you do. To that vision. Every person's life should align to that. Every church should have the five principles of God active. The fellowship, the discipleship, worship, evangelism, ministry. Are you there? Unless you're living for something bigger than yourself, it's easy to get distracted and get off course. Francis Drake prayed, Disturb us, Lord, that when we are well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come, to come true, we have dreamed, when our, when our dreams have not come true because we have dreamed too little when we arrive safely because we have sailed to the close, cl too close to shore. Disturb us, Lord. When the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life, have fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity and our, heart, our efforts to build a new earth. We have allowed your vision of the new earth to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider wilder seas where storms will show your mastery disturb us lord and here's what i want you to do as we close ask god where you fit in john i'm an old man i'm an old woman pj i'm just a little kid you fit in be specific on what he wants for your life cast your vision and align what you do to line up with his vision, which is the church's vision. And my prayer is that God is going to challenge you this week as he speaks to you. Listen. Think about that, that mission statement, that vision statement. Think about those five principles that we as a church have got to be involved in all the time. Pray that God will disturb us as we seek to find out what his vision is for the church and for each one of us. Let's pray.